Hello, welcome to the N17 pod. Tonight, I'm joined by Eddie. Yo, got one hand still. Yeah, but the listeners can't see that, Eddie. Yeah, but I'm telling them now. We, ha- we haven't made it to, to showing our faces on like a live stream or well, anything Well, thank yet. goodness for that. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, this might be a good time to promo the fact that you're doing Movember. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm still not going to show them. Like, we can't upload this episode of a picture of my face right now. Let me let me let me get the selfie angle correct and the lighting correct. And the I, he- I hear there's been a few requests. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll introduce our other. Our other, our other <laughs> <laughs> All right. Without without further ado, we got Glenn on the line as well. How you doing, Glenn? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Good. And um, optimistic about Spurs at the moment. Very optimistic. Um, I swapped you out for uh, for yeah, Aaron. For Glenn. Put spirit of Aaron in you. <laughs> I think Someone so. Duplicated me. I, I think it's a new beginning, and maybe it's it's a beginning of of me and Jed's going in opposite directions in terms of. <laughs> let, let let's go on, Eddie. Nothing can nothing can replace um, the pessimism of Jed when we go one 0 down. I don't think there's anyone like there's anything like it. There's nothing like it. And I I always used to be like his accomplice in it. <laughs> But now I've, I don't know what's gone into got into me. It's just this this sheer hope, this sheer optimism. I'm fully in on the on the Mourinho bandwagon. Mourinho magic. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yes. I, I might have to make a, some little stupid football Twitter burner account. Yeah, Mourinho magic. Uh, something like Mourinho that. magic. Mourinho x magic. Yeah. <laughs> but um, let's get into the the West Brom game then. Um, yeah. So what did, what did you guys make of it? I mean, it wasn't. The most expansive performance hasn't been for three games in the trot now, but equally, it's three wins in a row. So, you know, how how are you guys feeling about the the performances um, in our past three, and especially the West Brom game? Um, well, first of all, it's just a continuation of um, the the type of football we've been playing since West Ham. Um, I think Mourinho um, since the West Ham game has really focused on making us compact um, and hard to break down, um, especially when it reaches the final third. I think our defence has looked really, really, really solid um, in the last three games. Um, And personally, I think we found our starting centre-backs as well, which is kind of a relief because we've been looking for consistency at the back. We talked about it a couple episodes ago, about how when Liverpool obviously last season performed so well. Gomez and um, Van Dijk, when both fit, were their starting centre-backs. And you see City now, once they're starting to get some some more consistent defensive performances, you've seen Diaz and Laporte. And I think um, for us, when they're both fit, Woodvaro and Dyer are starting centre-backs and they've looked really solid. Um, and I think that's been the base, um, because Lloris has been so good for a very long time now. He's been super consistent. So the base of a day of with a solid defensive um, backline, and Sissoko and Hoybier doing a lot of dirty work. Um, we've just been putting in some really pragmatic performances, getting the wins. Um, potentially, yeah, you can call it ugly, um, but it's been functional. Um, and I think once we build confidence, then maybe we'll play a bit more expansively. We've just got so many attacking players. Um, but yeah, West Brom was basically a continuation of that. It was really similar to the Brighton game in that they played a back five um, and they were really hard to break down 
Um, we had one shot on target in the first half. And then by the end, the, by, well, I'm not sure how many shots we had in the first half, but only one on target. By the end of the game, so the second half, we had taken 19 shots. So, like, we will have the opportunity to play more expansively, but I do think Mourinho's put a heavy emphasis on um, mm. on defence and it's shown because we look really solid. Yeah, and I'm not worried about like our ability to play expansively. Like those few results, like against Southampton, um, Man United, um, a few high-scoring games in the Europa League. Like we know this team can attack, and you can just see that on paper. Like the players that we have going forward, like the selection is just unbelievable. Like when Stephen Bergbein is barely making the matchday squad, when Deli Ali is in the reserves, you know you've got attacking options. Glenn, what, what do you make of it? Do you want to see more swashbuckling Tottenham Hotspur? Or are, you, or are you happy with the way it is? No, to be honest, I'm quite quite happy with the results that we're getting at the moment because I think Burnley away, Brighton at home and West Brom away, they're three fixtures. You're never going to see six goals from Spurs. It's just never going to happen. Like They're the sorts of games that if you're going to do well in the league, you need to win 1-0, 2-1, that them sorts of results are the sort, sorts of results that will get you up there in the league. Against teams like Southampton, you may be a bit more high-pressing and them sort of mid-table teams that sort of like to attack a bit more than your Burnleys and your West Broms. I think they're the games that you're either going to see us fall apart or score lots of goals. And I think against the last three opponents, I think 1-0 is exactly what we've needed. Can only win three points in a game, as I said, you know, one of the previous pods, so <laughs> just 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 what you, just what you got to read. That's got big to Michael Owen energy right there. <laughs> that's huge Michael Owen energy. <laughs> but that's all you need to do. Just beat the team that's in front of you. If it's one nil, it's fine. If it's six two, even better. But I don't think these are the sorts of teams you're going to beat six two or five nil or whatever. But I'm I'm really happy with how it's going at the moment. Yeah. I also think just a just a quick thing, Cosmo. I think winning whatever, 6-1, 5-1, and then getting these 1-0, so clean sheets, it, it will help our goal difference in the long run as well. Because mm. We've got the best in the league right now. We currently got the, we've got the best goal difference in the league, and that's because in the last couple of games, we've kept clean sheets after scoring, you know, crazy amount of goals at the beginning of the season. And I think, you know, a team can go through cycles like that. Um, obviously, at the end, we'll see what happens because... You know, Liverpool and City, they score goals for fun. Um, and Chelsea have spent however much on a, on a really, really, um, ex, you know, expansive attacking line as well. Um, we'll see if they manage to gel over the season. So, look, if we go, if we, you know, it's just age-old adage of like, will you take, um, will you, will you take a, week, a league win if you win 1-0 every game? Yes. Absolutely. So, so it doesn't matter that um, the football isn't as expansive as it was, uh, you know, at the being beginning of the season because we're not losing them and we're not dropping points. So yeah. Also, I feel like it's easier to turn turn that back on, um, like because we have such quality going forwards. Like we have players that can improvise. I think you can go back to playing in a more expansive sense. I think it's actually harder to tune up a defense as as Mourinho's whole reign has shown. Like we know he's a defensive speci- specialist, but since he took over at Tottenham Hotspur, like we we haven't had a great defense under him. It has sort of taken him until after the West, the West Ham game to like truly get us looking like we can 
defend well. Um, I'm still not confident in our ability to like win games 1-0. And I also think, I, I don't know how great a tactic that is anymore because against Newcastle, we did everything to get a 1-0. We were perfect. I, like we were perfect. We were good in the first half attacking wise, and then we just shut the game down. But in in a game where you can get a handball for someone flicking it up at your towards your arm, doesn't even have to hit your hand. You can't rely on that. But yeah, I I think it, it's a case of getting the defense right and then turning the attack back on. Um, I think we'll be all right. I think people just need to be patient with that. And also, we, we, we'll come on to it more. But like with the games coming up now. We're we're gonna need we're gonna need to see a mix of defense and attack. It's yeah. not gonna be just one or the other. That's just not possible playing against uh, these top teams. I think, I think in the in the in the games that are coming up, I know we'll touch on it later, but it's gonna have to be a different style of play. It's not gonna be us having the majority of the ball like we have in the last three games. Because to be honest, it, I, I quite enjoy us having a lot of the ball, but at the same time, it just goes back to them days where under Pochettino, we had like 70% of the possession, but didn't create any chances. We just mm. sort of sideways, sideways, backwards, sideways, sideways, backwards. And it, and that's where we really struggled when we were under Pochettino. And I think where Mourinho sort of changed <clears throat> a little bit the mentality is being more direct in these games where they're going to have a lot of players behind the ball. You need to take a, a lot of shots from outside the box, which we saw because I think they made something like something ridiculous, like thirteen blocks in the second half. Yeah, thirteen blocks. Yeah. So I think Mourinho has really instilled in them that in these games that are really tight and they're going to have nine, ten men behind the ball for a lot of the games. You're going to need to take shots from outside the box. You can't always work it wide and pass it in the goal. You're going to need to take your chances. But to be honest, it's, it's good to see that we're taking these shots and we are like being more direct in these games than we have been previously in the past. Mm. I thought one interesting uh, tactical lesson from the West Brom game, if we are able to take any of them, was that I thought I thought Region and, and Hoybier had good games apart from that I think very few players actually played well um, Son was poor again that's been a few games in a row um, I don't like digging him out but he wasn't great um, but more so tactical wise I feel like bringing Vinicius on definitely helped this but I think Harry Kane was just dropping a bit too deep um, yeah. I, I do like him as this hybrid of a striker and a number 10 but I think in the first half he did that lovely nutmeg um, when he came basically to the to the centre circle yeah. and did like a, a great first touch pass through someone's legs. But and then I just felt like we just got a bit too reliant on that. It got a bit obvious. The other thing which I didn't fully like, but it had its positives, was I thought Tonji on Dombele was playing a bit too high um, as a number 10. Um, I think with his ball carrying skills, with his dribbling, you can see that he would be good in a deeper position and carrying the ball eight. a bit and then play. Yeah. And um, yeah, as an eight and then having someone like Gio Lo Celso uh, in front of him, who I thought was actually excellent. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys want to touch on that at all. Yeah. I saw something similar in sort of the post-match breakdowns um, from people who, who cover Spurs um, who very much echo how you feel. And yeah, I, I agree. I think, 
if Kane is going to continue to play this hybrid um, nine ten role, um, there's going to have to be a bit of discipline um, in it. I think Kane is so good that obviously, like you said, we have players that can improvise, and he's definitely one of them. He has that quality to to make a difference wherever he is on the pitch. Um, uh, it's just when he's that deep, we kind of lack that presence in the box. Um, and as a 10, I don't think Tongi gets in the box enough. And if we're, if we're lacking Kane in the box and if Bale is coming narrow or, or Lamella is coming narrow, it means Son on the far end has to bust a gut every single time to, to be a presence in the box for Doherty uh, and likewise for Bale if it's regular on the other side. So I think, um, yeah, it needs to be a bit more um, yeah, disciplined in his role. If he wants to create, that's fine. Um, but being a presence in the box and, and being able to get on the end of things is just as important. Um, it works better um, if the team has a high line because if he picks it up on the in the centre circle, they're already halfway up their half. So players like Son and Bell can make great runs in you know, behind the defence and that's where Kane's going to flourish because he doesn't even have to take, a, uh, you know, a, a second to make that pass. When we're playing against teams with a with a low block like West Brom, like uh, Brighton when we played them, um, him dropping that deep is ineffective um, just because he has that space, but there's not enough space for our fullbacks or our wingers to get in behind their defence. Um and what and what that also does is it clutters the midfield. We already have three midfielders in there. We have Winks. Sorry, we have Hoibier, We have Sissoko. We have Tongi. Because we because we have the ball so much in these games, they're playing a lot higher. They're playing in around the centre of the pitch. When Kane drops deep, that's now four people just in, just from Spurs in the middle of the pitch. You have to think about the opposition midfielders away as well. Let's say if they play two in midfield, or they may potentially may play three in midfield. That's seven midfielders, and he has to pick a pass in that cluttered in that cluttered area. It makes it very difficult. Um, so, yeah, I believe that I agree. Tongi um, in the number ten role potentially it's <laughs> it's to cover from for his lack of fitness. Um, he doesn't have to be so robust defensively in that number ten role. Um, but yeah, I think if we're gonna play. A midfield, a four-two-three-one. I think it suits Tongi a lot better to play as like a a centre midfielder. Just drop a little bit. Um, it gives Kane the space to drop, um, and also I think it will flourish because he can pick the ball up deeper. Yeah, I th- I th- I, kind of picking up from Eddie's point. I think if <clears throat> if Kane is going to drop deeper, I think we need Son and Bale or Lamella or Bergwijn to make them runs in behind regardless of whether the opposition team is playing a low block. I think in the first half because they were playing quite deep West Brom I think it discouraged Son and Bale from making runs in behind. But we need to. I think they need to even if even if the team is playing really deep the, the runs in behind drag the defence backwards which gives Kane the space to move into when he does come deep. So even if they're playing like kind of a deep line on the edge of their 18-yard box uh, penalty area, I think the runs in behind have to come from Son and Bale 
to like stop the stop the space being cluttered as Eddie was saying um I think it's just it's obviously quite difficult because I'm not like not a manager or like I don't claim to be a master tactician but I think Mourinho has mentioned it a few times that if they don't make the runs in behind it causes Kane's position to be ineffective like we were seeing in the first half I think in the second half it was a lot better because I think the wingers were pushing on further and that actually gave space to Doherty and Reguilon who had like really good games probably Doherty's best game in a Spurs shirt so far and Reguilon looked uh, really good as well I think that's because the wingers were moving further forward they weren't sort of like hanging back waiting for the ball in the edge of the box they were trying to make runs in behind and that gave them space for the wing backs and Kane in the middle as well and then also when Vinicius came on I know you wanted to touch upon that um, it just gave their centre back something different to think about um, maybe you want to go into that a bit further now but yeah no no it's it, fine it, you, you go yeah it, it was it was just Vinicius coming on really changed the way that their defenders were looking at things. Their centre-backs were dropping back instead of pushing up onto Kane, cluttering the space, as we were saying. They had to drop back and stay with Vinicius because he was being a target man, sort of playing them <clears throat> little flicks and like one-twos off Kane and Son and uh, I think Lo quite a few times, just which broke up their defence which is really interesting because I think it's the first time we've seen Vinicius and Kane play together. But I, th- I thought it was really good, re- like interesting um, signs to be seen when he did come on. Mm. I've seen a lot of people say that that goal, that last minute Kane goal, is probably the most they've celebrated a, a goal in terms of lockdown football. Um, I think I was definitely one. Like, well, I, actually, Glenn, I, I, see, I see you doubting it. Um, bail. I guess it's the bail goal. It's the bail goal. Really? I mean, he's a I winner. Say... Well. The bail goal was a winner as well. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Bail goal was a winner, and it's the return of bail, mate. That's, that's, I, I thought you were going to say um, the Arsenal game, which I kind of forgot. <coughs> but I guess that does count as a as a lockdown game. Oh yeah, I guess. that out of old header. I did go. Oh, yeah. oh, I did celebrate a lot. But, yeah, but yeah, for yeah. me, like I've, I've obviously I've moved into like um, accommodation for my masters got like new housemates I don't really know that well so when I've been so when I've been watching like football like it's just the fact like it's none of them like football either so I can't watch it with anyone so I'm kind of just watching on like a little laptop um you know on some like yeah let's be honest like dodgy stream and then like it's a weird experience watching football on your own like it is a little it's yeah, you miss you miss that having that interaction of just having someone to just chat about the game with and that shared yeah the camaraderie that shared celebration. But on that one, I just absolutely lost my shit. Like I was, I like, screamed. I was like running around the room. Eighty eighth minute, um, when it looked for all the world like it was going to be a nil nil draw on on a weekend where we could have when we did eventually go top of the league for whatever two hours um but it was just the nature of the goal I think that was so rewarding because I I bet you no one internally or probably not externally no one celebrated that goal more than Mourinho I guarantee you he did look he did look visibly very pleased with it actually which is unusual it's um, vindication. It it's a vindication of, of 
you know what he's what he's doing right now because if you if you come out that that um game and it's nil nil all the questions are going to be about you know we paid we played the son bell kane you know that fearsome threesome um and to no avail we didn't score any goals didn't have any shots we had one shot on target in the first half and those are the questions that he's going to be asked and fair enough he did get some of those questions asked but we won the game so it doesn't it doesn't matter um but i think the the most rewarding thing is that we defended well and then we got the winner which is was always the game plan in these games <laughs> and i think as fans, we we celebrate like mad because it's an 88th minute, an 89th minute goal. As a manager, Mourinho celebrates that because it's a vindication of what he's trying to do. And I think as as players, you love a one nil. I think players mm. love you love being part of a one nil victory. Yeah, so, you you actually heard it because um, I followed Nick Godwin, the BBC mm. London commentator on Twitter, and he tweeted his commentary. And it almost sounded like there was like a, a crowd in the game, like oh, not yeah. like a full, not like thirty six thousand fans, but like sounded like he was at least at like some lower league game because mm-hmm. the cheers were were insane, and that was just like the Tottenham staff, players, um, and bench and whatnot. So like, yeah, I mean, I think they felt it as much as we did in a way. Yeah, and I think um, like Glenn said, um, Vinicius coming on makes a big difference. Um, being a busy striker and occupying defenders um, potentially will mean that you don't score a goal, but it creates opportunities for your teammates to to do something. And I think when you're playing against three centre-backs and there's only one striker, one focal point, it, once if those defenders are switched on and they're, they've been organised well, and I think Slavin Bilic... Did a fantastic job um, organising that that uh, Brom defence. Um, you know when you when 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 they switch on and organise, it's 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 easy for uh, three centre backs to to defend against a single striker, especially if the wingers aren't narrow, so they aren't they aren't getting in between the full back uh, the the wing back and the centre back, or they aren't getting in between the two cent the, the three centre backs. So Vinicius coming on and, and being a, a busybody and he's strong, he's a strong boy. Um and he's and he's gonna cause problems in the air as well. So it gives us something to think about. And yeah, Kington scored that without Vinicius trying to occupy the other centre half so when that ball gets uh floated in by by Doherty because it's not an easy cross to 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 score from. Yeah, it was a weird, weird cross, very flat, a lot of backspin on it. It was good There's though. There's only one way you can finish that, mm. and I think that's what's so satisfying. Is that we it's nil, we come out the game with the clean sheet, and we score a, a good goal, a good goal, um, and and yeah, uh, Mourinho is vilified and vindicated for his uh, for his efforts. Mm. Right, I think we should move on to the to the fixtures coming up. Um, Could we just have a quick mention of? how good Eric Dyer was against West Brom. He was absolutely excellent. Honestly. Oh, 
I, I know I harp on about Eric Dyer, <laughs> Eric Dyer, that, but he's actually our he's our best centre back now. He genuinely is our best centre back now, and he he was absolutely excellent. Like against yeah, well, he headed it off the line, didn't he? Header off the line, all sorts. He was he was just good in defence as well. Mm. Like they barely had any chances, and any chances they did have did not come from Eric Dyer mistakes or letting anyone slip. I just thought he was he didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. He played really well. <clears throat> and one thing about Eric Dyer is that I, I think he doesn't have the dexterity or, or the or the um the kind of the physical aspects to be a, a midfielder anymore. But because he has played there, when he does bring the ball out of defence, there is that degree of like it doesn't look like a centre back coming out of defence. It do, he does look a lot more comfortable than other centre backs bringing the ball forward. So when he's travelling past the past the halfway line, you're not thinking, oh god, like you're not thinking mm. like when like Sanchez brings it out of defence, um, you're a lot more secure. He's a lot more secure in in possession of the ball. So that's another thing that Eric Dyer brings, and I, but I think yeah, his best position is undoubtedly centre half. And the awareness to like get onto the line to flick that ball off the line was crazy because I think it was like a mi- mishit cross it wasn't really a shot yeah so yeah it wasn't the fact that he even ran there was uh, might have even been a deflection yeah I think so yeah yeah I think it just spun you, you never know with them ones they could just go yeah. out they can go they can hit the Anywhere. crossbar it can be anything mm. so yeah it was very very good defensive awareness and we and I think if it's like anyone else like if it's like Thiago Silva even if it's all of our olds we you know we're talking about you know just they're that type of defender, just their awareness, and and I think yeah, I think because it's Eric Dyer, it might fly under the radar, but you no, know, he did put in a really good performance. Yeah, I would agree, Gun. Yeah, your your uh, your opinion is is uh, is again also vindicated. Shout you out to really have a love boy. With, uh, Eric Dyer. Eric boy. Dyer loves you. Love Eric Dyer, and Eric Dyer loves you. He does. Right, so we're on we're on to an international break right now. Um, we're on the record of disliking the international break and now it feels like everyone's joining our our movement everyone's turning against them because <laughs> there's all yeah. these injuries people crying about injuries mate you should have been a spurs fan for 10 years and then you would you would always have been on record like this but, Liv- um, liverpool fans man you know what for liverpool fans nothing nothing like injuries didn't exist until it happens to their players yeah yeah they used Absolutely. up all their luck last season man now they're just now they know how it is to be it's because they, to be fair, they, they have had like a crazy amount of injuries now. But yeah, they didn't get any last season. Last two years. Two years. We had last year. This is literally what we had last year in attack. They're having in defence what we had last year in attack. In our, in our whole team, not even just in attack. Yeah, that was Some, yeah. Someone put up uh, the lineup from the line from the Leipzig game on Twitter, and honestly, it was just like shocking. We had Deli Ali up front, man. Deli Ali up front, Sessing on left wing, and uh, Tanganga. Don't bring him into this. Cosmo is a knockout trans- Champions League tie. It's Tanganga. He'll never be yeah. starting that game. He, he Tanganga should Liverpool. be starting every game. He was, yeah. he was, was he yeah. playing wing back? No, I don't think he was playing wing back. No, he was he a centre back. back. Everyone, everyone was getting gassed because he barred didn't his he, player. Didn't he give away like, a penalty? Not really. I mean, <laughs> sort of. I mean, he, kind he, of. he bodied <laughs> some player, but everyone was like praising it. But yeah, I mean, it definitely could have been given as a penalty. Um, yeah, especially in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It it was yeah. crazy. Actually, I am quite surprised I wasn't given, but yeah. people were thrilled with it at the time. I miss those days, man. Jaffet propaganda every day on the TL. <laughs> now he's just a forgotten, 
Forgotten man. Come, man. He's come, coming back. He's coming back. Watch him come. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, you know. Last year, he came in for a very difficult fixture period, so maybe he'll come in for this. So we've got, unhelpfully, I haven't written down whether the games are home or away, but I think I know which ones they are. So I'm just going to read out the teams. So we've got Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester and Wolves. So at first, I only saw the next five, and I was like, Mm. God, that is hard. City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Palace, not that hard, but anything can happen. But then that extra second tier of good teams of Leicester and Wolves that's just it just I mean this is gonna be not make or break but this is gonna be we're gonna learn a lot about the team over this period of the next seven games 100% um so I think with the with the ties it's City home Chelsea away Palace away Liverpool away and then Tottenham, and then Leicester at home. You've missed that Arsenal away. Uh, Arsenal. Um, That's at home, isn't it? I think it's TBC though. I don't think the Arsenal oh. game is is uh, confirmed. Like what? Um, if it's home or Hold away. Hold on, I'm gonna check it. I'll be, I'm on the just, Premier League app. Just I think feel, it's away. I think it's away. Time. It's up. No, it's at home, but it says to be decided. Just yeah, that, that, that's the date. The date. Yeah, that's the date. Decided, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it would be at home, basically. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it's a mixture. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's not like we're all away. I think it would suit us if if, if they were all away because we seem to be cursed at home. so well away. Um. But um. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. You first, Cosway, because you were you were gonna. Yeah, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling confident going into these. Um, City, I think we've got to beat enough of them. Um, I, do, I, I don't think they are what they used to be, and I think they're extremely vulnerable. Um, when people were saying that they could win the title this season, I was thinking, yeah, maybe, but it seems that they've kind of picked up from where they were last year because, I mean, it it's actually crazy to think of the drop-off from City. So when we played them in, um, <clears throat> what would it have been, 20, 2019 Champions League quarterfinal? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. 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 When we played them then, they were almost thought of as like this invincible behemoth. Yeah, yeah they mm. were like completely invincible. To go Any from team that... Any beat them was a shock. Any team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think most people were referring <coughs> to them as, as the best team in the world, like without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So to go from that to their title defence last season was an incredible drop-off because now I just think they're so vulnerable um, to a lot of teams. I mean, they still play great football and whatnot, but I think Aguero getting on in years has uh, harmed them a lot because he he picks up a lot more injuries than he used to. Um, Gabriel Jesus being injured, I know he's back. Uh, There's still doubts over like whether he's going to be like a top draw striker saying that he'll probably score against us now but yeah I just don't think they are what 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 they used to be and I think if we are going to go for the um for the title which I think we're capable of doing I think we need we need to make a statement and probably beat them oh I would take a draw but I, I think we can beat them I'm quite confident um yeah I think I think a draw would be good but I think I've like 
because my dad supports City, I've been watching them um, on and off like the last four games, so in the Champions League as well. Um, and they're quiet, like quietly, they're they're fighting form again. Um, so they've looked really sharp um, in terms of the the in Champions League. They look really good against um, against Liverpool. Look, it's the two best teams in the league. Um, City were by far the better team in the second half. Liverpool were by far the better team in the first half. So it it is it's a question of looking at those games and looking at how City have been playing. It's a question of how will Spurs cope with the with soaking up pressure because that's going to be a game where we we won't we won't have the ball. We just won't. They're so good. They're still really good at keeping the ball. Um, their, their their movement and their passing is like unparalleled in the Premier League. Still, it's just because they've got those players like Bernardo Silva, like Sterling, like um, uh, De Bruyne, who who inter uh, uh, Rodri, who and Gundogan. They inter- interchange so well, and they they pass with such accuracy that they pull teams a- apart by pulling them around. So. It's whether it's whether we can soak up that pressure and then be clinical in in our counter attacking because that's definitely how we're going to play. We 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 will be playing on the break, and I wouldn't be surprised if the the team was you know the back four, our normal back four. So, uh, and I would I would I would say probably Doherty starts. I'll go Doherty, um, Aldvaro, Dyer, Region, Sissoko, Hobia, and then it it will probably be Lacelso. Um, if he's fit, um, uh, Son and Lucas, because that's a, that's probably our best team when it comes to counter attacking or potentially in Dombele, um, because he he's good in transitions. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they have like seventy percent of possession, yeah. um, and they just ping it about. It's so difficult um, against teams like that, and I think you know I'd love to beat them. I think we have the tools to beat them, and we're we're essentially their bogey side. Yeah, um, I, I think that's when confidence. We, yeah, like, we really are them. like their bogey side. Yeah, in the last three four seasons, we beat them at least once in in the season, um, or or twice. Like we've done it, we've done it, we've done them twice two seasons ago. Um, we've done them twice um, in twenty nineteen when we beat them in the league, and and also beat them in the Champions League. Um, last season, we drew away, and um, yeah. Uh, beat them two 0 at home, and in both games we were by far the inferior team, and we yeah. still managed to score two goals in both of them. And I think um, that fixture out of I think that fixture out of all of them is probably the one. Yeah, Loki agree. I think that's the most confident I am. I think uh, I think from the other fixtures, um, yeah, the other fixtures are I think for me a lot more. Um, can go either way. Uh, yeah. I think because they got that derby element as well, especially Chelsea and Arsenal. Yeah, Chelsea and Arsenal, very difficult games. Uh, not because Arsenal are playing particularly well, but the that derby element, the fact that they, what they have been doing um, is defending well, apart from last week. Um, that like Arteta has been very much uh, building their 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 performances on defending. Um, although they look horrible against Aston Villa. Um, and Chelsea, Chelsea will be difficult, another difficult one. Um, they've definitely improved since when we uh, we played them in the cup, I think. And they'll be playing uh, 
probably a better side. Um, I think, the, yeah, the 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 fitness of uh, Ziyech and him coming into the side gives him a lot more. Um, he's been really really good when, since he's come in, um, and he's looked good for them. It's a difficult run of fixtures. It makes or breaks mm. our season in terms of what we're what we're trying to achieve. Um, whether it's top four or whether we're going to be challenging for the title, because we do have to think of the Europa League matches in between those Premier League yeah, matches. they're the killer. They're all sandwiched in. Because we but, look leggy after those Europa League games, like against West Brom. I would hope, though, like the adrenaline of like a big game could maybe get the players through, but I don't know. That's pure speculation. I think the, you're saying the one fixture that you're most confident about is the City one. The weird, the, Surely it's got really to be Palace, weird, to be fair. Well, obviously Palace. Of, of, the, of the difficult games, the, yeah, of yeah. the most difficult games, the, the teams. I'm actually most confident about the Liverpool game. It's, I think you said best, this on the pod a few weeks back. Yeah. You were saying that they're gettable. It's the best time to play Liverpool. It is, we are not going to have a better time to play Liverpool than when Van Dijk is injured. Gomez is injured. Trent Alexander-Arnold will still be injured. They've got so many players out and who knows if they'll get more injuries up until then because they've obviously got the Champions League as well which they need. They, they still need to win their games to qualify. Um, I think, honestly, this is the best time to play Liverpool. I think, I think the team that played City on the weekend had Joe Gomez and Alexander-Arnold in. Mm. And in the second half, they looked... Ragged. They looked rusty. They were getting ragged by ragged. Man City, which they should have lost. Bet, that game. Bet, bet, yeah, they are. Yeah. They 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 went really hard in the first half, Liverpool, and they didn't get enough goals to sort of like hold out that that win. But th- I think that's what the tactics were. They wanted to they wanted to win the game early and then see it out. But whether one of their star Forwards maybe gets injured before them. I hope so. Um, maybe Salah or Mane might actually get an injury. That attack is fearsome, though. Yeah, especially with Diego Jota coming yeah. good. Yeah, I, I still I still worry about that a little bit, but their defense looks so gettable at the moment. Like, that is Matip injured as well. Like, I, yeah, he, I think he, their only senior um, defenders are Matip and uh, Robertson at the moment. Jesus, but well, they they got Fabinho there right as well. He's playing. The yeah, center. he's he he he's not one hundred percent fit. Matip's not one hundred percent fit. Who knows how Robertson will be after tonight's Scotland game? <laughs> put it put it all in for Scotland. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a really good time to play Liverpool. To be honest, um, City. I think their best players are just coming back into sort of full fitness after having no preseason. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like their their key players are coming back into fitness, so I could just. Carl Walker's um, been not, brilliant uh, this yeah. season, and I just I just think that City are sort of on their way up rather than at a point where we can get at them. But again, we are their bogey team. I think Lamella plays against them, <laughs> and they they just hate Lamella. They um, they really do. Um, he's he's just a bogey player for them as a whole, and I think. We can get maybe a draw against City, but I don't see a win. A win against Liverpool, I see, though. 
I think I can I can see that happening with the way the way their squad's looking at the moment. I mean, here's the but, thing: yeah. if you win that Liverpool game, you know, like no one can count us out. Yeah, and exactly. This low key, my worry. It's just the, the thing is, there's okay. a lot riding on that game, and I think, I think. We really have to show metal in that game. It's not a case of um, 11 v 11 because potentially on that day, our 11 might look a lot stronger, a lot more in form. It's definitely a case of who's like who's up, who's got that champion mentality, who's up for that game. Because yeah, I do feel like that's where they... Sorry to cut you off, but I feel like that's where they've beaten us over recent years, including the Champions League final. Like yeah, In theory, there hasn't been that much between us just that winning mentality but yeah they've always looked like they know they're gonna win we often go ahead against Liverpool that's the problem like mm. we often go ahead quite early against Liverpool <clears throat> I think there was there was one where I think it was Kane who scored like a uh, a rebound off the crossbar in the, mm. like, in the early part of the game and I just knew we weren't gonna win the game yeah I, said, I think Liverpool, that was last just, season they, they'll find, yeah they'll, they'll find a way to win I think it was quite early on in the season as well it was yeah October yeah and I was just like, yeah, they'll find a way to win because they always do. Like that's just the Liverpool mentality. And I think maybe under Mourinho, the mentality has been a bit changed. We've found a way to win in some of our games where we just, in the previous past, wouldn't have. I think the games where we've dropped points are games where we've been in control and sort of gone off the boil a bit. Um, maybe we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm not too sure. I'm not. I'm not that optimistic about the next was it seven fixtures mm. six seven fixtures I think 12 points from the next six seven good result I don't care where they come from it's just get getting getting the points I yeah. think um, I think so for me um out of out of the fixtures coming up I think wolves we can win I don't think they've looked brilliant they don't look as good as they were, um, in, in my opinion. Um, but you know, they could they could cause us problems. Um, look, any the the I I read something not too long ago, um, and uh, just something that I hundred percent agree with is we've got to the point in the Premier League where unlike any other leagues, um, there is no given anymore, like at all. Every team can cause any other team problems. It doesn't matter what position in the league they are. The, the quality in the Premier League has got to the point where there aren't any givens. I say that we can beat Crystal Palace, but on the day, mm. we don't know who you know who can turn up for them. They've still got quality players, uh, Crystal Palace, and they, they have they have good tools. The same yeah, with Wolves. Good. They have quality attackers. I think Neto's looked great. Podence has looked good. Jimenez is good. And Traore can cause all sorts of problems. And they've got good midfielders. And they've, they've, they have a solid defence. Leicester, we can beat them. We did beat them last season handsomely at the end of the season. But we look at the their team now. Uh, Vardy's fit and firing. You, you've got Tielemans playing brilliantly in midfield. You know Brexit Brexit legend Harvey Barnes, Station <laughs> 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 legend, playing play well. You you know every team now has the tools to beat any other team, and we've seen that more than ever. This season, yeah. Aston Villa beat Liverpool seven two. Yeah, seven. This is the se- this is the type of season that we're playing. Whereas Aston Villa have the tools to tump Liverpool, tump Arsenal, 
and then lose three nil to uh, to they lost to Leeds and yeah. someone else who wasn't yeah. So that's the type of season that we're in. So nothing is is a given, and I think we say the next seven games are difficult. The next thirty games are yeah. difficult. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it really True. is a case of you have and 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 um, I saw um, Alice, Alistair Gold's article about what the, the things that Mourinho is saying after the Brom game, and he's saying we're looking at it's the cliche, but apparently it's the mantra going around the club is that they're just taking it a game a game at a time. Mm. And that's the only way you can look at this crazy season anymore. You have to just take it as every game is the game. It doesn't matter if Leicester win tomorrow. It doesn't matter if, if Liverpool lost yesterday. It's about what we can do on the day. And if, and if we go into every game like that, then that's going to be the difference between last season, oh, sorry, the, when we played Liverpool in the Champions League final. And I think we're thinking about you know, at the beginning of the game, we're thinking about the end of the game. If we're, mm. we're thinking about we won the game or we've lost the game, whereas for a team in that position, you have to think we're playing the game. So the result is down to you us. You have to be present. To what yeah. Mindfulness. So you have to be present in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. You're not thinking about the result. <laughs> you're thinking about making the result happen. So you have to look yeah. at the game game by game. So next you're seven looking, is yeah. difficult, but. The whole season is difficult, mm. so we just have to win. Basically, we have to. Us for us, we should be saying eighteen out of eighteen, or twenty-one out of twenty-one. That's how the players should see it as well. It's just it's difficult to see. I, I think to, the difference in the slight difference in the the way that we're looking at these games is that we're looking at each game separately, saying Man City, we can beat them. Liverpool, we can beat them. Chelsea, we can beat them. Arsenal, we can beat them. It's not looking at the seven games as a whole thinking, ah, oh, we might get 12 points. Like, I think that's what us as fans do. But the players used to do that and I don't think they do that anymore. I think they go into each game thinking, we can win this game. I'm going to do what I can to win this game. And I think it's weird because the Premier League at the moment, obviously, everything with uh, coronavirus and that and uh, the transfer window being a bit of a weird one. I think it's, I think almost as a result of all of what's happened, uh, with there being no fans, there being a lesser transfer window in the summer, to some extent, um, has actually allowed the s- smaller in air quotations clubs, and I think that's allowed them to sort of like catch up a bit, in a way. So where where the like the bigger teams couldn't make massive marquee signings because nobody wanted to sell their marquee players and nobody wanted to spend ridiculous amounts of money. I think it's allowed the mid-table teams to sort of accelerate a bit and the lower the, the lower part of the table teams to actually fight against your Man Cities, your Liverpools, your Manchester Uniteds, not so much Chelsea because they had a ridiculous window. But I think as a result of coronavirus, I think it's allowed the league to be a lot tighter, which is... Just making the whole the whole league a lot more interesting this year. Mm. So I actually watch as many games as I can now. I have to say, shout out to Aston Villa for a wonderfully disrespectful performance against Arsenal. Oh, I, I didn't watch it. it live at the time, but 
I oh, genuinely sorry. couldn't believe my eyes <laughs> when I saw what sorry. Grealish and Barkley were doing on match today. Do you see how Grealish was mocking it? Uh, I couldn't he believe it. For biscuits. He, did see what he sent Bellerin for, for sugar. Now, my favourite was um, Barkley on uh, holding. I, 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 I've never yeah. seen that on a football pitch. Barkley was oh, moving like Ronaldinho. He was just standing there and like being like, Hi, are you going to make the first move or just like wagging his leg? It was amazing. It was good. So man. disrespectful. So disrespectful. When you, when you play, that's what I mean though. When you're playing, when you're playing with your tails up, it's, it's not about this, the club that you're playing. It's about, you, you know, you're in the heat of the match. And I think when a team looks vulnerable and Arsenal looked so vulnerable, even from, you know, from the minute that, you know, they, they had a disallowed goal in the first minute. So Arsenal conceded in the first minute. Once you've got that, men, you know, once you, it's hard to recover from that because they 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 barely escaped 1-0 in the first minute as by the skin yeah. of their team. So... Didn't, didn't give them a wake-up call at all. They exactly, just weren't, they weren't exactly, on it. They, they were just on all it. over them for the whole game. And I think, you know, if, if you, if you, you know... A lot of teams go like a lot of teams before games, and we we had it in the bloody Europa League. Like teams like play with like a modicum of respect to the team to the opposition. You can't do that, yeah. Because oh. because every team is gettable. Yeah, every team is gettable. Also, also back in the day, I feel like if Aston Villa get that um, goal that's been ruled offside, then they go back into their shells. Like that that Maybe, I, I'm but talking. They did, they did I'm it talking late like, on. No, but I'm talking oh, about like yeah. 2005 era Premier League. Yeah, 100%. Like, say 100%. you scored against like Fergie's United. I'm not saying Arsenal or anything like that, but if you scored a goal against Fergie's United and they got ruled out for offside, I feel like the team that scored, be it Aston Villa, be it, I don't know, Birmingham City, someone like that, they're, they're, they're almost mentally, they're like, oh, how dare we? Like, that was how, our how, yeah, that, yeah was our that was our chance. It's gone. Our We're going to lose yeah. now. That's just, yeah. that's gone completely out the window, which yeah. is. It's good. It's good for the league. Um, I think one more thing that I want to mention before we wrap up, it relates to what one of you guys were saying. I can't remember who said it in terms of um, it, in terms of the mentality. I can't remember. I, I, I'm blanking here. But <laughs> basically, I worry for if we go top of the table. See, this is my confidence, but yeah. I, I'm already thinking about these scenarios. I worry if we go top of the table too early. Because Tottenham have never been in that situation, and I worry for our capacity to shit the bed. Like, is there a case where we could go too too early, or do you think Jose Mourinho can manage that now? I think he can manage it, hundred percent. I think no matter when a team goes top of the table now, between now and February, I reckon there's going to be yeah at least at least four or five different teams that are going to be top of the table. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe even more. I th- probably probably around six. So I, th- I don't think there's a case of too early. I think there's a case of being inconsistent after that. And I think there's a, there's a case of falling off completely after that. Mm. But <clears throat> I don't think that, that actually is even able to happen under Mourinho. I think if we go top of the table... Maybe one or two results go against us after that, but I don't. I don't think there's a case where we just fall off a cliff. I think um, we what we saw um, in the Liverpool City game 
was just how tight it is. Teams, or well, have have Scotland scored? We certainly hope. No, they haven't. They should have had a penalty, and the guy went down <laughs> and gave it against the Scotland. No VAR, no VAR in Nations League, is there? No, it's a joke. That 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 is one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Unlucky, but um, with uh, what we've seen, what we saw in the Liverpool and City game, is that both teams were more concerned about not losing than winning at this point. And it's going to be like that for a big chunk of the season, just because of how tight it is. I don't think any two teams, I don't think any teams that they're going to run away with it. Last season, by this time, you could already see the mark, the makings of Liverpool running away with it or City running away with it uh, the season before that. Now, you look at the top six, is there, what, three points separating them? Uh, I'm not even sure, maybe two points. I think it's three points. Um, and um, one team in that top six plays the other team and then suddenly the whole makeup changes. Third goes to six, yeah. six goes to third. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? First goes to fourth. It is it's crazy how tight it is at the top. And I think we still have, you know, we've only played um I don't think we've played any of the top six yet. So United. It, it genuinely is very much up for grabs, that that kind of it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. United and Southampton. Yeah, well, United are fourteen. No, not they're not. Oh, you're talking about the current top six. The current top six, basically teams that will be in and around us for the majority of the season. Mm. Did we stay consistent? We played Chelsea in the Carling Cup, but obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm. Yeah, we've we've played them. It's just the the type of game, and it was what I mentioned. It was um that what I mentioned was I I fear going into the game at the Liverpool game. It's going to be like a. A, a be all end all kind of situation. That's what I was fearing. Um, mm. But I think there is, there's going to be no, there's going to be no clear cut candidate for a long time. Probably not until spring, um, when potentially injury catches up with some teams. Where potentially um, Champions League football or cup football or just a general form get in the way. Um, we could be in for a really, really surprising Premier League season. Yeah. And I can't, you know, it, it remains to be seen whether it's because of the very specific circumstances, you know, with COVID-19, with the transfer market, or whether it's because, you know, carrying on from, from this season onwards, you know, this, the, the, the leagues have become more unpredictable. You can never know. Um, it, it bodes well for Spurs, I think. It bodes well for Spurs, um, that there, you know, that that the big, you know, the traditional teams um, aren't as aren't as consistent as they used to be because it's less about teams disrupting traditional. It's not. It's not like it's not. It's not this kind of like the new wave versus traditional. It's more a case of just like, and who who wants it? Chaos. Who wants it? Basically, yeah. it's, a, it's a big case. The, the, this title is going to be. This title is going to be uh, just a massive game of chicken like who wants it who's yeah. gonna swell first it's so, a real rumble yeah it's whoever it's last man standing and i think yeah it's gonna be a chaotic season for sure all right well i think on that note that's a, that's a good place to end things um so yeah i've been cosmo i've been joined by eddie yeah i've been joined by glenn 
So and let you get off and enjoy Scotland. Hopefully qualifying against Serbia. It's not. It's not looking good. Well, what's the score? No nil still. It's no nil, but they're just growing into the game. Oh dear. Well, the listener will know this time tomorrow whether <laughs> Scotland was successful or not. But um, yeah, if you made it this far, leave us a review on iTunes um, and give us a follow on Spotify. Follow us on our uh, socials um, at N17Pod on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And yeah, have a lovely day with whatever you're doing. Boys.